There are a lot of things that matter to me. Family, community, culture, and peace of mind. Hi, it's Wilmer Valderrama, and when balancing life, I have to say nothing brings more comfort than having support. And when it comes to ensuring those things that matter to you the most, State Farm offers the support with an agent available in person or on the phone to discuss your coverage options. Support when you need it, however you choose. That's State Farm's way. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hay dos cosas que son absolutamente ciertas. Abuelita te ama y nunca diría que no a McDonald's. Date un gusto con un Grandma McFlurry en tu orden hoy. Es lo que abuela quisiera. Baratapapa. En McDonald's Participantes por Tiempo Limitado. Thinking of popping the question? Diamonds Direct has an offer you can't miss. This month only, buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. No one provides education, selection, and value like Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet from your friends at Diamonds Direct won't last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. Living life as a gringo Where you question Where you fit And every time you mingle They say you do this With not enough that My rapping is really bad <laughs> This life as a gringo Yes, hello And welcome to another episode Of Life as a Gringo I am Dramos, of course And it is our Thursday Trends episode And helping me break down The trends from this week he is a comedian who also happens to be a part of my L.A. TV family as one of the hosts of the show The Zoo. Nikki Paris, how you feeling? Good morning. How are you? I'm great. I'm, ex- <laughs> I'm like, is it almost Friday? Right. Does anybody else feel like that? I just want to <laughs> lay and do nothing like a paraplegic. Uh, I mean, that, I feel like that's kind of my, my life now working from home. I get to just lay around. So uh, I, that, every day is Friday for me. Right. Yeah. There's so many times when people come to my house and they think I've just passed away, but I'm just <laughs> laying here. I just don't want to move. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. And I got to say, we were talking about this before the, the cameras kicked on. We're both uh, fellow New Yorkers. So this is a nice kind of nice little vibe. I yeah. feel like I'm always talking to people from L.A. And, and they just sometimes, you know, they don't get it necessarily. Sometimes they're afraid of the directness. Yes. Um, <laughs> I'm like the Loch Ness Monster in a lot of ways because I'm so direct and people just run. They, they take families and small children and they run like it's a tsunami. And it used to only be when I took my top off at the beach, but now it's just my personality. I love so what's it. Well <laughs> no, no running here. I'm all about it. Um, I want to get into some some stories and get your perspective. Of course, we'll get into all that you have going on as well. But I want to get into some of these trends from this last week. Of course, later on in the show, we will have our Ask a Gringo segment. While I ask some of my followers uh, their opinions on one of these particular stories, or actually more so their experience uh, when it comes to one of these stories, we'll have our Mi Gente segment where we honor somebody from our community who's doing good. But before all of that, man, let's dive into some of these heavier stories from this week in a segment we call for the people in the back. Say a lot for the people in the back. Let's start with the elephant, unfortunately, in the room that we can't get away from, and that is COVID. 
and and this Omicron variant, and and I guess some good news as we're hearing, where where they're saying that it's looking like it's beginning to retreat a little bit. Um, they're talking about the sort of cases that they're having have not been dire as we saw early on in the pandemic, which is all great news, especially for the vaccinated. And they're saying that we actually might only be a few weeks away from being where we were uh, towards last summer before Delta happened, where we were kind of like outside, outside. Um, I mean, for you, I know it has to be particularly tough and a little bit sketchy because you travel for comedy shows and all these different things. I mean, how has this kind of changed your life a bit, I guess, over the course of this last year as we keep going into these different stages and, and kind of the idea of, you know, maybe our jobs being taken away at certain points because of, you know, a breakout of a variant we can't control? You know, Dramos, I love COVID. <laughs> I'm so sorry for all the lives that were lost. Sure. But if I could lock down for the next 40 years, <laughs> I would dream come true for me. Yeah. I Everybody, you know, obviously I performed a lot yeah. throughout the pandemic. I performed in parking lots. I really was like your, your label, your neighborhood uh, hooker. <laughs> Anywhere that you, I was performing in parking lots, subway trains. It really, I actually think what I was doing was sadder than stripping. Um, <laughs> I think you certainly made more money than I did. Yeah. Um, you know, to be honest with you, it's so nice. This is terrible to say, and obviously it's terrible that so many lives are lost. Yeah. But just not see some people for two years, it's been incredible. Yeah. It really has been. <laughs> I, I don't want to go to your bar mitzvah or, mm. or your daughter's quinceanera. Yeah. I don't want to go to any of it. And <laughs> you know, come to this event. <laughs> right. I would. You know, I really, I, I think I might be up for an Oscar nomination for the acting I've done um, <laughs> in terms of having a fake call. Yeah. Um, in terms of work, you know, it, it's a crazy time in the world, mm. but I feel like COVID is the new HPV. Like if you don't have it, <laughs> your best friend does. <laughs> That's a bit of a, uh, of a mess of analogy. So, I mean, I, 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 <laughs> I, I agree because I think for me, my inner introvert is just flourishing right now. Uh, I don't have to do anything I don't necessarily want to, which I, I definitely agree. And I also think that to your to your credit, what you're talking about, kind of the way you got creative during the pandemic for performing. It's like I think those of us who really just stepped into this. I mean, shit, I, I got the L.A. TV show because I was doing IG lives and all that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? So I think. For anybody that really just said accepted, hey, this is the way it is right now. You know, there's no go getting around it as much as I, I want to pout and cry about it. How do I make this into something that actually benefits me? I, I think those people that, you know, are the ones that are kind of thriving right now and really are finding new and creative ways to express themselves. Yeah, I mean, it, it's certainly a, a crazy time. But, you know, am I afraid of COVID? Like, I'm afraid I'm going to give it to somebody. But mm -hmm. like, I also used to eat Lunchables. Right. So, you know. <laughs> I think that was the biggest roll of the dice yeah. for my body, personally. The COVID, <laughs> I'm like, I mean, I've done worse things. That's true. And I'm also the product of a New York City public school system. So those free breakfasts and lunches, <laughs> you know, probably weren't the healthiest thing for my body either. Uh, and, and I'm from Staten Island. Yeah. The fumes from the dump are already right. taking their toll. So yeah. This is who I am now. It's a shell of who I should be. But this is it. And I don't care at this point. I'm like, oh. there used to be a time in my life. I'm like, you know, I'm going to keep growing and evolving. And then I reached the edge. I was like, you know what? Screw it. I don't care. I'm I'm just going to roll with however I show up. I, sometimes I have a lazy eye. Anything could happen. I love just you're stepping into your authenticity. I love that. That's a beautiful, yeah. beautiful. I'm thing. busted. What do I care? <laughs> 
that's that's my attitude for this year. I was a mess last year, and this year I'm up for the challenge. Amazing. Let's just see what happens. <laughs> Take it, Dave. I may start bar fighting. <laughs> I, I've, you know, I have always. This is totally going off topic, sure. but you know, it's always been a dream of mine to put a piece of gum in someone's hair, <laughs> and I haven't done it. And I'm hoping that this year. I'll get the chance. So I, I love that. Fingers crossed. I love that. I mean, Thank you. We're, you're kind of bringing us back to these, uh, like, you know, elementary school days. And that actually segues <laughs> perfectly into the next story, which is a story about sixth graders at a public school in Buffalo where they were having Spanish class homework. And this is prompted outrage um, where it had it in quotes and you were supposed to translate this into Spanish. Quote, me? you, yeah, no, not, not you, not you, the sixth oh. graders. <laughs> I was like, oh, hold on, let me get some paper. <laughs> right. No, you're good. And they, this is what was on the paper for these kids, though. It said, quote, you, and they put in parentheses, friendly, are Mexican and ugly. And this is what you're supposed to translate into, into Spanish. And then the part that really kind of shows where they stand, they had another line a couple parts down. It said, you, in parentheses, politely, are pretty and American. And people are our outrage, obviously. And, and to me, the, the thing that like showed me how messed up some of our, our kind of brainwashing, I guess, has been you have people tweeting uh, saying, I think this might have been racist. You think you think that it might have been racist. I mean, uh, it, it's an interesting time to be alive that we still see things like this happening. I'm just relieved to hear that it's still teaching in school. Right. <laughs> because every time I, you see what's going on, I'm like, yeah. thrusting your pelvis isn't getting an education. <laughs> I, I you know these TikTok kids. Yeah. I mean, I, I have family members. They're younger. This yeah. has nothing to do with the story. Really? But I see them and I'm, you know, they're like, what do you think of my TikToks? I'm like, you're not very talented. <laughs> I hope you have a plan B. I'm, I'm not yeah. sure if you're interested in insurance but i think you'll be selling it if you keep up those important <laughs> skills and you don't keep the dance moves tight but um that's terrible yeah. i mean you know that that everybody should be outraged yeah. and if you want to go storm the school maybe i shouldn't be saying that <laughs> i mean people have stormed things for lesser uh you know for right. for things that actually weren't real where this is actually real. No, if, well, i'm part of me is like am i afraid of getting canceled what are you going to take my jeep compass <laughs> Bring it on. No, but seriously, I, those parents should be outraged. And yeah. you know what? I, I, I'd like to defer to the PTA. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, it, <laughs> I don't know if they're involved, but they just sort of the best person to blame. Right. Always blame the When in doubt, blame the, the PTA. Absolutely. I do. I blame them for Hurricane <laughs> Katrina 9-11. I mean, yep. it, it's it is. It's crazy, though, because. I don't I, I like you try to. OK, best case scenario, somebody is just so ignorant in the year 2022. They don't see how this is problematic. And that person has a license to teach the next generation of children. Like at the very least, you know what I mean? Obviously, it seems far more sinister. But at the very least, it's like, who? how are people getting these jobs? You know what I mean? Like in literally probably one of the most important career choices somebody could could possibly make. I know. I know a few people who are teachers. Yeah. That shouldn't be right. Right. When, when I, when, and I know these people yeah. like and I and I tell them you're who's educating the youth <laughs> of America. Yeah, that's alarming. <laughs> but in some ways, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. I'm like, it really adds up if you do. I'm not a mathematician. Right. But if I was, I would cross multiply divide and be like, this adds up. Yeah. I mean, say, I love my teachers. And but sadly, it's kind of one of those jobs like being a small town cop where it's kind of like. You know what? I grew up in this town. I don't really know whatever what else I want to do. Why not just become a part of the institution? You know what I mean? It seems like it's like 
uh, you know, I hunt deer on, on the weekend. I think I could be a good cop. You know what I mean? That's what it seems like a lot of these. And similarly, people that I know that I went to high school with. And I'm just like, how? How are you a police officer? I'd like to speak to HR. <laughs> yeah. The PTA, HR, I need all of them on a, on a Zoom call. <laughs> like, I want all of them. That's where I come in. And if you're listening and there's a hostile situation, right. I will be reaching out to your local PTA. <laughs> Just You can count on me. I love that. Um, all right. So one more thing I think that people are outraged over, uh, and it is Hentified getting canceled by Netflix after two seasons. And according to Deadline, they're saying Netflix is reasoning behind this is because the second season failed to crack the top 10 in its charts when it dropped in November. I mean, obviously, you're in the industry. You know how difficult it is to get any sort of show or anything like this made, let alone a show that's focusing on people of color, let alone focusing on a a group of people who have been demonized in this country as far as the idea of immigration, all this kind of stuff. I mean, you hear this, you read about this. What's your kind of instant knee-jerk reaction? I think that the Netflix top 10 is full of crap. Mm. I mean, they pick their own top 10. Sure. And, and and it's always the stuff that comes out. I think it's all political. Mm. And I don't, you know, a lot of stuff, Netflix, I don't even enjoy watching Netflix. Mm. I really do. There's, I just feel like they just churn out such crap. Yeah. And, you know, I I just feel like every time I, I turn on, I see that that poster for the, the Dairy Girls, <laughs> with the girls that are like, and I'm like, I, I, I'm not using this app anymore. Yeah. I, I have PTSD. So, you know, I know a lot of people on Hentified and, you know, I think it's a shame. But you know what? All those people keep your head up. Yeah. Um, because now you'll get unemployment. No, <laughs> but I think there'll be another project. You know, there's more, there are more things out there. Yeah. It's terrible to see. You know, it's such a I have to I have to tell people every time I do stand up every single night. Yeah. There are so many nights where I, I just do anything and I'm like, why didn't I go into real estate? Right. You know, I'm like, why do, do I really feel that poorly about myself? This is what I do. So, yeah. you know what? It's this business is all political. Yeah. And if you don't, I always tell people, if you don't have the burning drive to do this, mm-hmm. Don't do it. Yeah. Get your local job at Joanne's Fabrics <laughs> or, or Home Goods. You might be happier. Yeah. So I didn't really answer the question. That's really my beauty in doing interviews. Sometimes <laughs> I get asked a question and I'm like, I'm going to give you an answer right. to a completely different question <laughs> and let you put it together what I'm saying. I'm going to I'm gonna answer something that's actually burning on my head, regardless of what you ask me. <laughs> I, I like this approach. I really do enjoy this approach. This is like a really messed up game of scavenger hunt. Right. You're like, you bring me a hose and I just bring you a family of 17. Right. I um, No, but that's terrible that they canceled that show and there's a lot of talented people on it and yeah. Big loss for Netflix, I think. And that's why I watch Hulu. Ooh, okay. I, I like the little subtle shade being thrown there. Netflix, if you're listening, I, I'll, I'll do anything. <laughs> is, I, I am so desperate. I, I'm dressed like a lesbian librarian. <laughs> so when you behave like this, <laughs> beggars can't be choosers. I, I, I think, Percy, you are wearing the hell out of that houndstooth cardigan that you have going on right now. So listen, you, you're doing it. Good lighting. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, but, but to your point, I, I think... It is incredibly political. And I also I also wonder, like, who there is is actually like of the culture, understanding the importance of it and understanding that certain things can't be measured by your own and by these certain analytics. You know what I mean? Because I think you have and I've seen this. I've been in the rooms where you have a lot of these like white executives who are like, yeah, we want like a nice, a really cool Latin X type of show. And like, but we want white people to also really love it. And it's like, OK, well. You're you're kind of then putting us in a position where it's like water the hell out of this show that you essentially wanted because you wanted that Latin representation, but 
we can't just have it where it's, you know, our culture. And if people like it, uh, you know, outside of our culture, so be it. But just because we want white people to like it, it has to be, you know, meet certain other other standards. You know, I feel like, you know, other like white shows, I don't think when they're making that they're like, hey, but are the Latinos and the blacks going to love, you know, Party of Five? You know what I mean? Like, are they going to uh, are they going to love that show? I don't think that that was going through anybody's mind. But yet when it's our shows, that's kind of the the language that happens. I just think we should stop making shows. Let's just take a year <laughs> off. There's too much going on. Mm. I, I, you know what I mean? It's just, it's too much. Yeah. Every 10 seconds, there's another mini series. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm tired of it. I, I think we should just actually have your little cousins making TikToks for the world. Like, I think that the, I think the world should be subjected enough. <laughs> but I think that once they've suffered through that, they'll be like, you know what? Maybe we were a little quick on Hentified. You know, if this is all that we're left with, you know what I mean? Maybe that's what we need. I don't know if that's what we need. I, I don't know what I need, but I will say that one of my idols is Amelia Earhart, who mm. disappeared. <laughs> and there are rumors that her plane crashed, but I don't think it did. Yeah. And I'm just saying that if I happen to go missing, yeah. I'm fine. <laughs> I want you to have the exclusive on your show. That if I just happen to disappear for a good, I don't know, 17 years, I'm mm. fine. And I'm in Jamaica with a blunt. Oh, I love this. You. I, this. you heard it here first. I love this. So I want to talk about some positive stuff. Obviously, we've kind of dived into some of the heaviness, although you've been able to uh, make it a, a, a bit lighter. <laughs> Not sure if that's a good thing. But let's now talk about somebody from our community who's doing a lot of positive. And we'll do that in our Mijente segment. But first, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. <laughs> Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up! And call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles, like the made-to-be-seen, very sexy push-up bra from the Very Sexy Collection, in on-trend hues like black shine, green, and citron. For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. Because life is better in a bikini. Rewind to the future with the VS Archives Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage, from full to cheeky to minimal. Now in this season's must-have shades and patterns. Add the finishing touch with the limited edition Bombshell Escape fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. 
you have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Let's go on to some good news here in, in the form of Cardi B, who uh, has somehow become like the savior, both politically and socially, that we didn't know that we needed. And she is actually stepping in. Now, I, I don't know if you heard about this story um, in New York City where you had that apartment building fire where you had, you know, 17 people unfortunately killed. You had kids and everything like that. Cardi's actually stepping in and paying for the funeral costs for all of these families who are are going through this. And I, I just want to take a moment to celebrate that because I think we live in this world where it's like, you know, you have these these billionaires and, and they're just going off into space when they could be doing little things like this. Uh, and then you have somebody like Cardi B, who, you know, I think anybody who's not of the culture would be quick to write her off as, you know, unintelligent or, uh, you know, being bad for for a bad representation for women or all these things. But people like that are actually doing the work. And I, I just want to, you know, kind of take a moment to, to commend that. Same. <laughs> I'm waiting. I'm waiting to hear how you twist the joke out of, out of this this one here. You know, I think it's amazing. Yeah. And I also would like to send the mask card. So if there's anything, I don't know if you have any information or if I need to contact the city yeah. or the people at WAP headquarters, <laughs> I will also be getting those people's information and doing my part. That's just just because I want to impress you yeah. and for the families, of course, <laughs> both reasons for both of those reasons. I'm just that type of person. I, I could be biblical. Yeah, I, I think that was very, very profound of you. I, I will, so let, let's talk about your comedy. Let, let's kind of end. Do we on, have to. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, because I, I just I find it fascinating. Uh, the world of comedians, you know, as as obviously as as difficult and dark as it can be, you know, uh, especially when you're making you're comparing yourself to a street hooker. Um, I think that, yeah. you know, that's one of the better things I've compared <laughs> myself to. <laughs> if you see me topless. <laughs> <laughs> but I think there is is something about this kind of freedom. And as much as people want to take it away, this freedom to find the joke in just about anything. Right. The thing that people are like, there's no funny here. And you, it's like your job to find the funny in that. Is there ever. I don't I don't know. Do this like cancel culture scary. Is there a fear of going too far of people not understanding it? Because it just seems like this really outside thing that in normal life we're taught do not do. You know, I, <laughs> it always comes up about cancel culture for yeah. me. And my my take on it is, you know, I think that I consider myself being an artist like mm -hmm. Vincent Van Gogh, except with two ear lobes. <laughs> and, um, you know, I think that it, artistically the joke has to be that funny if you're going to make the risk. Sure. You know, and I'm not about, you know, I don't think you should put limitations on art. Yeah. However, I think that it really comes down to the intent and meaning of what you're saying. Mm. Because, you know, if you're saying something to put somebody down or be malicious or hurt somebody, you know, you're getting laughs at somebody. I mean, it all depends. I mean, I didn't write the book on it. For me, mm -hmm. me personally, I could really only speak for me. Yeah. If something makes, if something really makes me laugh, 
I'll take the risk and say it. Like, for example, my grandpa's dying of Alzheimer's right now. Mm. And I was like, I didn't call him this week, but he won't remember. Mm. You know, so that makes me feel a little bit better. But that's, you know, not everyone's going to love that joke, but that is the truth. He doesn't know if I called. He thinks I live in Italy. (laughs) So, you know, that's funny to me. But I think that in terms of just like, I I mean, it's all about, I, I think it. I always say, tell people the, the material that you do, it really has to resonate and something you have to stand behind. Yeah. If you're doing these jokes and they really don't mean anything to you, what's the point of you getting in trouble? Sure. Sure. But what do I know? <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's always how a comedian ends things. They'll, they'll be like, they'll give you this whole feel of why it's okay for that, for them to do it. And then just be like, but I'm just a comedian. What do I know? I, I, I think of that I love, I love the ability. You have the ability to just always throw that up there. Like, ah, well, I don't know anything. You know what my real ability is mm. to do nothing. Right. That's what I really <laughs> learned. That's what that's really becoming my real passion. And I, I think I'm kidding, and you're laughing, but I'm really not. As a, I'm all of a sudden, I just turned 29 this year. Yeah. I feel like I'm 79. Yeah, I'm yeah. ready to get one of those chairs that go up and down the stairs. I'm I'm just tired. <laughs> I I I might have Lyme's disease, but hopefully not. <laughs> I mean, all right. So last thing I want to ask you as well, because I feel like I haven't heard this spoken about as much. I know you're you're a big advocate for the LGBTQ plus community. And I, I think that at least when it comes to this idea of toxic masculinity, do you feel like you kind of have to fight some of those things where it's like, I'm not, you know, uh, you know, a, a gay comedian. I am just a comedian, right? Like, h- how do you kind of balance out where you want to be that representation, but you also don't want that to be something that people are like, Kind of like, oh, you're funny for that thing. You know what I mean? Because you represent that one audience or whatever it is. You know, I don't have to, I don't really worry about that because I know I'm actually funny. Mm-hmm. But some people, you know, I think that they put stuff on it. For me, I'm yeah. like, I, I know what I do. I know what I I know how to do what I do, I guess. Right. Just to say I've been doing this since I was 17 years old. Yeah. And, you know, I try. Of course, there are people that write me off for certain things. I don't I truly don't even think about them. Sure. You can be in the audience. You could laugh. You could don't. I don't care at this point. So I, I know what I, I know. You know what I mean? I think it's about being honest and putting on the best show. Right. But what was your question? I think I missed that entire question. I'm sorry. Could you give me that question again? I, well, I think I, I missed it. I've interviewed like politicians and they are like the first gay, pol- outwardly gay politician to be elected. And it's like, uh, to me, it's always like, why is that what leads the headline? You know what I mean? Like, why isn't it just so-and-so got elected to their district, you know, because they ran a good campaign. They happened to be gay. You know what I'm saying? So I, it's almost like, I, I don't, I'm not speaking for you, but I'd imagine people might be like, oh, like he's really funny for, for a gay guy or something like that. Like these old school kind of mentalities that we have where we like to put people in certain boxes, you know? You know, I think that's just the world, unfortunately. I think being realistically speaking from the business side of things, sure. you know, and not being a comedian, I think that people still need to come, you know, that's just the way that people look at marketing mm. things like that. And, you know, it doesn't make it right or, you know, people are really dumb. Yeah, sure. But yeah, I mean, I don't believe in any labels or anything like that. I think, you know, I, I, I think I'm a comedian because I'm funny, not because of this or that. Sure. And, you know, when you go up there, you know, you could be those things. There are a lot of people that are gay or trans or, but it's really about your unique viewpoint. And that's what right. makes it so special because, you know, I may have a different, viewpoint from this person and yeah. that's what makes comedy so special it's all about how we see the world sure individually like right. all of us see the world in a different way no matter who you are yeah so that's what really comedy should be about for me it's about honoring your viewpoint of how you see the world regardless of who you are you know anything like yeah. that no i i love that I think that's a great way to put it so obviously we have the zoo on la tv 
Uh, what else do you want people to check out? Anything you're working on that you want to push people towards? Just don't. Just, <laughs> don't about me. just let, let, just let me do my thing. I um, you can follow me on Instagram. Okay, I, I'm on tour, uh, all over, and you know, really wishing I was home, but I'll be there. Uh, you go on nikkiparis.com. Um, yeah, look me up or don't. Doesn't matter, but. <laughs> Thanks for your love, if you have it. <laughs> Nothing matters, Nikki Paris. I appreciate you for hopping on Thank the show, you. man. It's been good to Thank you. Night. It was great getting to hang with you. All right. Big shout out once again to my guy, Nikki Paris. Hope that didn't uh, ruffle anybody's feathers too much. Let's keep in mind, he is a comedian at the end of the day. So some grace has to be given. But now let's keep it moving. We've heard from myself. We've heard from Nikki. Uh, and let's hear from y'all on what you think on one of these topics that we got into in our Ask a Gringo segment. But first, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles like the made to be seen, very sexy push up bra from the very sexy collection in on trend hues like black shine, green and citron for a glam statement. Pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. Because life is better in a bikini. Rewind to the future with the VS Archive Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage, from full to cheeky to minimal. Now in this season's must-have shades and patterns. Add the finishing touch with the limited edition Bombshell Escape fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. You're probably careful with your personal information, but what about the other places that have it? Like the doctor's office that mixed up your files. They have your social security number. The power company that mistakenly cut your service has your payment info and last three addresses. And the hotel that lost your reservation has your passport info. Your information is in endless places out of your control. Any one of them could accidentally expose you to hackers and identity theft through lax security, breaches, or simple mistakes. But LifeLock monitors millions of data points every second and alerts you to a wide range of threats. If your identity is stolen, a U.S.-based restoration specialist will fix it, guaranteed, or your money back. With plans covering up to $3 million for stolen funds and expenses. Mistakes happen. Don't let not having protection be one of them. 
Save up to 40% your first year at lifelock.com slash iHeart. That's lifelock.com slash iHeart to save up to 40%. Terms apply. Ask a gringo. All right, so for this week's Ask a Gringo segment, uh, I wanted to focus on the story about the sixth graders at Mill Middle School in the Williamsville Central District of Buffalo who received um, that worksheet in their Spanish class that asked them to translate several sentences, one of those sentences being just incredibly racist, no way around it. And for anybody that needs a reminder, it was, quote, you are Mexican and ugly. And you're supposed to translate that into Spanish and say it in a friendly way. Right. This prompted me to sort of think of my own experience when I was younger in school. And man, the the bits of racism that I experienced, you know, I think there were definitely a lot of microaggressions by the people that I grew up with, you know, especially when you're talking about in Jersey. Uh, you know, I went to high school and, and middle school and all that in, in the suburbs of Jersey in a primarily Italian town, Italian and Irish, I think. And, you know, while I think we did have a decent amount of diversity for for, you know, the particular area that I grew up in, there still was definitely a lot of really kind of old ideas. And there were a lot of, you know, definitely a lot of men closeted racism and sometimes overt racism that I I, I definitely experienced, you know, growing up. And a lot of it, I kind of didn't even realize until I got older and realized, man, that was kind of fucked up, you know, what was considered normal back then. So I wanted to ask y'all if you had uh, a similar experience to me or, or these students and the basic question was, did you ever experience racism in school growing up? If so, how? And man, this one had my my DMs on fire of people who, like wanted to give me more um, information, more responses. So I'm going to go through as many as I can here. So let's start on a lighter note real quick to one that I can relate to. And this is my guy at DJ McReekin. He says, uh, quote, but you don't look Puerto Rican. And then he says, every gringo in my childhood. And obviously, this is something I can I can relate to. I remember a lot of people, even the white people denying that I was Puerto Rican, called me a fake Puerto Rican. Same thing as this. You don't look Puerto Rican. Even the Latinos in my school would say similar things to me. So this is definitely something that I had to battle. And definitely, I think, an ignorance that exists when you talk about the Latin culture, the Latin diaspora, of how diverse, you know, it really is. There is no one way to look Puerto Rican or to look Latino. You know, we are a mixture of so many different beautiful cultures that this is just ignorance at its finest. And unfortunately, it's the way so many people were brought up. They have this very particular idea of what a Latino looks like or what a Puerto Rican looks like in this case. Let's see. At Punk Home said, yes, first grade, the teacher came up to me and my friends and told us that we don't speak Spanish here. Man, that that is triggering to me as somebody who doesn't really even know how to speak Spanish properly. I'm still triggered to that. And I find myself getting a bit angry just hearing that. And it's funny to me because you have so many people that will be like, uh, this is America. We speak English. And it's like, bruh, the people from here aren't even actually from here. Like everybody here is an immigrant. Like for most of you, English isn't even the fucking language of your ancestors. Like that's the irony, especially if I talk about like growing up in an Italian area, it's like your family came here speaking Italian, no different than, you know, somebody else's ancestors coming here speaking Spanish. You know, 
you're just maybe decades removed from those ancestors and we're a lot closer to, you know, when our ancestors came over here. But it's just so fucking ignorant to hear, you know, these types of comments. And then to think that a teacher would say that to kids, you know, and you wonder why so many of us are nervous or have some sort of shame about putting our culture out there front and center, you know, or that we feel like we need to assimilate in order to find success. Like you wonder why that's a bit of a mindset. It's because things like this have programmed us into thinking that the way we are, the way we were born, the way we were raised was wrong. And we need to change if we want a better life. Like I'm almost ashamed to admit this and sad to admit this, but it's on the same kind of topic. Like I had a court case virtually this week and it's, you know, nothing crazy. It was like a contractor who was supposed to be doing some work on my house and um, ended up basically running with my money uh, and I had to sue him. But the, when I set up, I set up my, my laptop for the virtual thing, I took down the Puerto Rican flag that I had in the background because I was nervous that if the judge was racist, it might affect the way that he proceeds the verdict. And it's like a part of me, you know, wants to be the rebel and be like, fuck that. I'm going to proudly be representing who I am, which I, I would love to. But at the same time, that's a very real, like, logical thing for me to be fearful of in this country, even till this day. And it's because of people like that first grade teacher who says things like we don't speak Spanish here, ignoring the fact that America is literally a melting pot. Like That's what it was founded upon. A bunch of people who literally aren't from here. Just just the irony and ignorance in it all. Let's see. At a Bjork says, yes, racial slurs in elementary school. I can relate to this one, too. Not necessarily elementary school, because I went to school in um, in the Bronx at that point. So, you know, we were the majority black and 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 brown kids. But definitely in in high school, I can just remember like, you know, the idea that everybody was Mexican, like the white kids essentially would call anybody Mexican who was Latin. And sadly, the word like the word Mexican is, is a racial slur, which is even more sad and disgusting when you think about it. And then I can remember people kind of like talking down about Puerto Rico, where I was from, or when I would go on vacation there and everybody just imagining it being this incredibly dire place like how could anybody ever want to go there and that's actually even something you see from older people to this day just picturing this place that just can't function is just like you know doesn't have running water or something like that it's like they picture you know all of our countries to be places like this and obviously some are in in dire circumstances sadly but it's just this idea that they just generalize that we couldn't possibly come from somewhere that is worth you know visiting again Let's see at I think it's El Pizano underscore says people making fun of my torta during lunch. Yeah, I can. I think food is is really a funny thing as well. And it, it's just funny. Like as a kid, certain things like this, you begin to internalize, you know, as being wrong. You know, I can remember my friends, if they would see my mom cooking, would smell it or came over for dinner. It was always made to be weird that like rice and beans. I was like, no, you know, like I would be embarrassed about the food my mom was cooking as a kid because of stuff like this, because kids were brought up to believe that, you know, the only thing that exists was like Italian food or something like that, you know? And as a kid, I don't know if it's as it's just because you're a kid and you just don't appreciate things until you get older, or it was a bit of that shaming, maybe a combination of both. But like, I know for me, I would complain to my mom about her making, you know, Latin food, uh, you know, all the time and things like that. And, and now as an adult, it's like, it's such a, a beautiful thing to be able to get it, you know, and to be able to have it. And it's something that like I enjoy having on a consistent basis. But I just think that it's like nobody would make fun of you if you brought like baked ziti to lunch or something like that. But because it's something we have, all of a sudden it's like, oh my God, you know, that's all this is like open season to make fun of this this kid, you know, and 
um, that thing, whatever you're eating is just weird and it can't be good. And let's see. I know I got a, a few in the um, in the DMs over here from people who ran out of space. Okay, so at Nicolosa underscore Vega says, I was in a Spanish immersion program all through elementary. It was fairly new in our area. People are always trying to get it shut down because, quote, we should speak English in America, end quote. Huh, sounds familiar. Also, on the flip side, I now teach at a high school and racism runs rampant from teachers, except they don't even realize they are racist. Uh, I mean, talking about your first part, you know, my mom was a teacher in the Bronx and they had, you know, the ESL classes, English as a second language. And yeah, it's funny, like those kids are looked down upon, right? Like, uh, and not necessarily by my by my mom or her, her faculty, but I think generally speaking, when you have a kid that is in an English as a second language program, a lot of people will look down upon that as if, you know, it's a uh, somebody who's less than intelligent or something like that. And I think people don't realize like, bro, you know, hard it is to speak multiple fucking languages, you know, and like these kids can't help. That's where they they came from. It doesn't mean anything about intelligence or, or anything like that. It literally means this was their native language at home that was spoken or where they're from, where their parents are from. And they grew up speaking it just like you might grow up speaking English here just because of where you were born. And I think people don't give, you know, these kids enough credit or people in general that speak multiple fucking languages. Like how many languages does the average person actually know? But you think about, you know, many Latinos uh, in this country who can understand two languages like that's huge. That's that's far more, especially to my kids, like little kids being able to speak multiple languages. I think it's just funny how it's like we sit here and try to denigrate them when they're actually doing something incredible. And then on to your other thing, um, talking about how you, you work in a high school and racism is, is a rampant from teachers um, and they don't realize that they're racist. Yeah, it's interesting. I think it's easy to kind of um, be like, they fucking know, right? But I recognize it. There's a few people I've met, you know, recently, not to go into specifics, but where they do, you know, like a lot of really incredible work uh, and, and, you know, are seen like good people. But like their viewpoint on the world is just a little bit off, like. It's like they have these generalizations of like, let's say, all Latin people like that. We all have, you know, uh, pinatas for our birthday or something like that, like as if that's a part of every single one of our our cultures or taco or something, something like that, you know, like and you realize and like some people just genuinely are ignorant, like really don't have any outside information and somehow grew up in a fucking vacuum where their parents were ignorant and they just don't understand like the complexities of culture. And it's really easy to just write them off as like another racist. But I think to me, there's an opportunity, depending on the person, if they're just like a shithead in general, then I don't really know if you want to put much time and effort. But I would wonder if you think about it from a place of empathy of like, maybe they just didn't grow up around people of color and they just don't understand. They're just going off of what they saw on TV, which, you know, we all know is pretty much a piss poor representation when it comes to people of color, but specifically Latinos. So maybe if that is the case with them, but they're still a good person, you know, Having the space to if you if you feel like you, you know, you could open the space, but, you know, creating the space that you can have conversations where they can uh, become a little bit more educated and more rounded. You know, I've had people in my life who, you know, once you've created that space, uh, you realize it's not coming from a place of malice. It's just coming from a place of not knowing. And, and once educated, then, you know, it changes the whole way that they have a, a, a perspective on on life, you know, so just food for thought. And last one, this kind of goes into something we were talking about with the ESL stuff, but uh, at Rebecca underscore DLM says, when I started high school here in the U.S., I wanted to take AP classes. My counselor wouldn't let me take AP classes because English wasn't my first language. So he thought I would have a rough time, even though my scores were 95 
and above in all my classes. And that's what I mean. It's this perception that not speaking English as a first language means that you are inherently dumb. It just it really makes no fucking sense whatsoever. And it, it to me, it just kind of feeds the idea of like white supremacy to a degree that if you don't do what we do in the way that we do it, we can look down upon you. Or even that anything that is native to us has to be lesser than anything native to them. Like, and the irony when you think about just language in general, like Spanish is far more of a difficult language than the English language, but like they, they have us brainwashed and fooled through different media schools and mindsets and things like that, that like English is superior. And honestly, I got a ton more on here. I don't have time to, to read them all, but I think it, it's safe to say all of us in our own ways have experienced varying levels of this, some of it on purpose, you know, from people who genuinely are just racist and believe in the idea of white supremacy. And then some of it from people who are too ignorant to understand that the way that they think, the way that they see the world is just not right. It's just not accurate. And again, I think that it's not your job. It's not our job as Latinos to educate everyone. But if you feel so willing, and, and for me, I try and make space to to hopefully inform people, you know, those who are willing to get the information, because I think at the end of the day, even when you look at, you know, obviously we're coming off of Martin Luther King Day and we think about all of these historic protests and movements, the reality is for it really to become impactful, you need everybody standing by each other's side, you know, regardless of your race or your background, real change comes from when you have a, you know, mass recognition of a problem. And that's why, you know, historically we saw things like the Rainbow Alliance, you know, with the Black Panthers and all these different things because they recognize that you're much stronger. And I think it really, and it, to be honest, it really drives the point home when you have, you know, white people saying, oh, wow, like the way we grew up was fucked up or the way things have been in this country have been fucked up, right? Or even when I talk about things when it comes to men, like when, when you are someone in a position where you've been privileged, I believe that it's incredibly powerful to speak out on behalf of those who don't have that same level of privilege because I think your voice carries a little bit more because you don't have as much skin in the game. Like it'd be in a perfect world, you know, you would have somebody express something they think is wrong and we would all have space to hear it and acknowledge it and try and fix it. But sadly, the, the reality is that, you know, for many people, when they see people of color speaking out against issues, it's easy for them to sort of brush it off as, oh, they always just have something to complain about. It's never good enough, blah, blah, blah. But when you have, you know, other white people coming out and advocating on behalf of, you know, disenfranchised people, I think it has a possibility to really have a bit more of an impact because you have the other side then then questioning, well, why is this white person speaking out on behalf of this? Maybe it is something I need to look into. Maybe it is an issue. And I'm not saying that to like validate that, you know, uh, we need, you know, white people in some sort of way or that white people, you know, hold, inherently hold some sort of power over us. I just think that we're all we're so much more powerful in numbers and you'd be able to receive the greatest numbers of all if we actually had unity amongst all types of people. And you wouldn't have these ignorant fucking conversations that we're bringing up uh, right now in, in schools and, and kids growing up with all kinds of complexes as a result. And with that said, thank you to everybody that participated in this conversation. I appreciate you at DJ Dramos on Instagram. If you want to be a part of future conversations, I do this for each and every episode. And with that said, let's wrap it all up in a neat little bow in a segment we call Conclusion Stew. Time for Conclusion Stew. 
All right, so I know today's episode was uh, like a bit more of a, of a shit show, um, Nikki's ability to make anything a joke. But I think for me, overall, when I just kind of think back to some of the things that we've talked about, I mean, obviously, we dove really heavily into the story about the middle school and, and the racist homework, essentially, that happens. So I think we kind of put a bow on that. But things like Netflix canceling, Hentified, you know, I think it just proves a point why every time something comes out from our community, it really is our responsibility to go hard and support it. I know a lot of people did for sure. I mean, I, I know a lot of my timeline and obviously it could be a bit biased. I was seeing a lot of things for Hentified, but I think we just have to recognize how important it is to support our own because these clueless, probably white executives are going to be so quick to write this stuff off. We're not going to have the same amount of chances as, as you know, our white counterparts, you know, to tell our stories. Because every time we tell our story, it's viewed as something that is for a specific audience. But when white people tell their story, it's universal. And unfortunately, that is a stigma that we are working against. And it also works in favor of them pulling the plugs on our projects or not even, you know, green lighting them in the first place. So it's important that when something like Hentified makes it through, gets into production and actually gets released, that we all go out there and support it. Things like, you know, Encanto, uh, which is doing crazy numbers right now, like, all that kind of stuff. We, we have to be supporting our own as best that we can if we want to have a, a seat at the table. And the last thing I want to touch on is this Cardi B one. I know we kind of quickly moved through it with Nikki, but I think that this to me is an example. And, and I'm a, I didn't come up with this quote, but it's an example of somebody who is throwing the ladder back down for their community, right? Who, who was able to climb up using the ladder and then made sure that she threw it back down for for the rest of her community. Like all of these people can complain about Cardi and the content she puts out there and it's bad for kids and, you know, it's gross and all these different things. But what are they actually fucking doing to contribute to positivity in this world? You know what I mean? Like Cardi didn't have to do this. And obviously for a lot of people, they'll say, oh, well, she's she's rich. You know, this is nothing to her. Sure. But that's the same thing we can say about the multi-billionaires that we have in this country, the Jeff Bezos, the, the Elon Musk, all of these different people, right? Bill Gates's ex-wife who donated like a half of whatever she got from the divorce or whatever it was, and everybody was losing their mind. Oh my God, she did it. Like, it's like, yeah, and that, that's, that is a great thing, but this should be the norm. Like when we are in a position to help others, we need to take advantage of it. And obviously, you know, Cardi is in a very blessed position because she has the money to do something like this, but I think it's just a mindset that not everybody has of asking yourself, what can I do? You know, not just sitting there and watching it on TV and oh my goodness, it's a tragedy. And that's that, you know, when you see your people specifically in need, asking yourself, what am I in a position to do? And again, you don't have to be the one savior like she is when it comes to, you know, paying for these, these funeral arrangements, but all of us chipping in what we can, what we comfortably can little by little, like all of that adds up to make a huge, huge difference. And that also just ties into what I was talking about with Hentify, like really supporting one another. Because the reality is anybody outside of our culture is only interested in, in monetizing from our culture. They're not, they're, they'll say, oh, we're, we're so excited about bringing Latin stories to life or doing X, Y, and Z for Latin communities. It's all out of convenience. It's all out of the moment. It's all out of, you know, looking good for, for PR, for public relations. You know, it's all stunt at the end of the day. You know, when, when we're no longer paying attention, when people aren't paying attention, they'll move on to what other next thing they think will make them look good, you know? 
or bring them more money. So I think it's important for all of us as as much as we can, be it your voice, be it your platform, be it, you know, whatever financial means you can, be there to stand up for your community and and help your community when it is in need. Just something to, to keep in mind. I think that it's something that builds off of that last episode about, you know, the type of life that you want to lead and the type of legacy you want to lead behind. All just food for thought to, to keep in mind. And with that said, thank y'all so much for tuning into another episode. Oh, I just dropped Gringo hats. If you follow me on social media, you've probably seen the hat that I wear a lot, the official Gringo hat. Uh, so you can check that out. Mindofayounglord.com. Uh, young spelled Y-U-N-G. Mindofayounglord.com slash shop. And you'll see uh, the hats on there. I've also got pins for every Latin country so you can customize it. I have uh, my, my Puerto Rican pin, of course, on my hat. So that is live right now. Mindofayounglord.com slash shop. Young spelled Y-U-N-G. And you can pick up those hats right now. And just like any piece of merch on that site, uh, we're donating a portion of it to a foundation that is for inner city youth in New York City. So uh, that money also goes to charity from each sale. So I appreciate y'all's support in advance. And I'll catch y'all on Tuesday with a brand new episode. Until then, have a great weekend. I'll talk to y'all next week. Peace. Life as a Gringo is a production of the Michael Tura Podcast Network and iHeartRadio. There are a lot of things that matter to me. Family, community, culture, and peace of mind. Hi, it's Wilmer Valderrama. And when balancing life, I have to say nothing brings more comfort than having support. And when it comes to ensuring those things that matter to you the most, State Farm offers the support with an agent available in person or on the phone to discuss your coverage options. Support when you need it, however you choose. That's State Farm's way. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hay dos cosas que son absolutamente ciertas. Abuelita te ama y nunca diría que no a McDonald's. Date un gusto con un Grandma McFlurry en tu orden hoy. Es lo que abuela quisiera. Baratapapa. En McDonald's Participantes por Tiempo Limitado. Thinking of popping the question? Diamonds Direct has an offer you can't miss. This month only, buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. No one provides education, selection, and value like Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet from your friends at Diamonds Direct won't last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com.